Hello, friends. Welcome to That's Pretty Woo. Conversations about life, beauty, and magic. Because talking it out makes us all more connected. We're your hosts, Jordan Medina and Kayleen Seuss, two friends navigating the balance between making time for our work and passions while trying to be present in everyday life as mothers, partners, and citizens of the universe. Okay, let's chat. Kayleen, what is the woo of stuff? Hmm. Well, I mean, everything has energy. Everything. And so some people at some different type times in your life, like you may pay more attention to the energy of things than in others, like children who are starting to develop their imaginations, like their things have lots of vibes. Um, and then there's like other times in life when maybe you just like are not into like all of the woo of your stuff, but I'm in a place now where I've kind of come back around and I'm starting <laughs> to love and appreciate all of the things. Thing, the physical things in my life. And so I feel like my, my stuff has a lot of woo right now. I don't know. What do you, what, what do you think? Gosh, it's like, I definitely think there's an energy to stuff. I mean, you look at like an episode of hoarders, it's very stressful, like, uh, you know, too much stuff. And then I think there can be too little stuff or like, I think there can be a, well, yeah, for sure. People feel like they don't have enough stuff. Like yeah. That's a thing. Well, people feel like they don't have enough. Yeah. And then there's like, obviously the minimal minimalism movement is like wildly popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand that because the idea is like you get rid of stuff to make way for other, to notice other things in your life. And mm-hmm. I can understand that feeling of like overwhelm. Like I have too much just physical stuff surrounding me that I can't think clearly. And, you know, even just that, even like if you have a big house or you have so much stuff that you have to keep it clean, like just dusting. Ooh, like yeah. I can understand the stress of, it's like, that's one more thing on your list or mm-hmm. having too many clothes to know what you're going to wear. You know, there's all these people who do capsule wardrobes, which I love. Oh, so or, you're talking about like tiny, tiny homes and like minimalism. I think of that a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I like, I'm obsessed with watching them on YouTube. And Nathan always comes in and he's like, what are you watching? Why do you watch this? this tiny homes? Tiny homes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or people who like, I live for a year on $10. I'm like, wow. Like, <laughs> I like love watching these people who live these like, I mean, not, I mean, I say not normal, what like typical, not typical lives. And mm-hmm. I think it's like, I just think it's so fascinating. And, you know, I've, I feel like I've dabbled in minimalism, but I'm definitely not by nature what I would call a minimalist. Like I like things, but I think I also... I think I have to be careful because I'm the kind who can like, it's almost like a binge purge cycle, like where I'm like, yeah, buy a bunch of stuff and this will be my stuff forever. This is the only stuff I need from now on. And then it's like after two years when you're tired of it, it's like the purge. And then it's like, oh crap, well now you need stuff again. So yeah. I think I try to be wary of that because I think that's a habit you could easily get into in this, in this mindset. Well, and and the, I think that's the, wasteful. Yeah. yeah. And like in the hype of minimalism and stuff, you can kind of get wrapped up into it. But then if you have some, um, unhealthy habits that can kind of come up and manifest. I mean, we both, I think have had, have those experiences where you're like, okay, I'm going to clean out everything. And then you're like, what do I have? I have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Accidentally got rid of everything. I mean, we're both Marie Kondo people. Yeah. You, know, you read the book and I read the book and it's like, I think part of, part of that whole thing and is like, when I read that book, the thing that shocked me the most was that she says in there that like, if you do it right, you should only have to do it once. And I'm like, well, I didn't do it right. Cause I've definitely had to do it more than once. Really? Yeah. I've only done it once. You have? Yeah. I mean, so I read the book in 2015. So a while ago and I 
immediately was like, she is speaking directly to me. And like the thing I really appreciated about her is that she has like, she's on the fringe, like her personality, the things that she believes in, they're not that mainstream, but somehow she's able to like relate it in a way that you're like, oh, I can do this in my home. But I feel like once Netflix picks you up, you're you're mainstream at that juncture. Yeah, but I mean, look how... Um, I mean, it's very uncommon to be the primary focus of a television show through a translator. Yeah, it's really like she still has been able to maintain herness, like herself, in this huge movement. I think she's fascinating. Me too. I saw a woman on she's a robot. She's amazing. She's <laughs> great. I saw a woman on um, Twitter. Her name's Nora Jenkins Townsend. She said that um, 2019 is the year of soft boss energy in response to. And, oh yeah, and like, don't you think Marie Kondo is a soft boss? Like. I want to be a soft boss. I love that idea. Like that's the way to be. That is like a dominant, like focusing it. Cause she does not care. She gets in that house. Mm -hmm. She's on her knees, blessing your house, doing some woo woo stuff on the ground. There's no concern. And guess what? People are into it. People are into it. Everybody else that when this came out this last year, it was like January. So of course, naturally it's like new year, new you. Perfect. Um, And yeah, it was so smart and nothing else was on. Like literally there was nothing else to watch. So everyone was talking about Marie Kondo and I like you read the book, you know, in 2015 and it's like, since then, you know, the book kind of died off and has had like Mm -hmm. a moment, like, Mm -hmm. and then this show, it was like this resurgence and this whole new audience of people now realizing that like, oh, this can be, it's, it just feels more mainstream than maybe it did uh, in 2015 when it came out. And I mean, some of the stuff like her folding method is like really hard to grasp uh, just it. through the text. Yeah, just that's through text. True. I like had to watch YouTube. T- yeah, but even when it first came out, there wasn't a ton of YouTube no, videos. No, it was a book of her in Japan yeah. speaking Japanese, talking about it. And I waited to just see uh, about them folding it. So there was no English version of this video, but I was like, I need to know what she's talking about with this clothes method. Yeah, and it wasn't until I watched the show this year that I really understood and was like, oh, I can do yeah. this. And also the piles aren't going to like fall over. Because I was always like, what happens when my domino like t-shirts yeah. fall over. So yeah, I think she's become, I think this whole idea. And I think that by her believing in, in the woo of things so deeply and like blessing the home and all of that, it is a little disarming and also like reminds you that, yeah, these things that you exist with, like aren't just pieces of plastic and wood and elements of like junk. It's like stuff that at one point you really liked. I think that's one of the things why we have a hard time getting rid of things sometimes is because like at one point, either someone thought that you should have it or you picked it out and like you spent your money on it. You, I mean, you have, you're really good about getting rid of stuff. Do you have anything that is like tough for you to get rid of? No, but I'm an outlier. You are an outlier. I mean, like I, so you don't have one thing that like your house is burning down, your kids out of the house like you have time I, to pick up one thing what is it I honestly like I don't have a thing off the top okay. of my head like I'm like we're he- we're healthy like we're out of the house yeah. I don't know I'd probably, probably the grab the, I'd probably grab the kids bunnies like their yeah. stuffed animal like that would be something that would smooth their transition but for me in my physicalness like I don't think at the moment like I would be like I need to make sure I have clothes pajamas But like, that's stupid because I could go to Target. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I would, I don't really, there's not like, I don't have something. Um, There is stuff that I have in our house that's sentimental that like I have held on to. Like I made this binder in college that was like part of a project. And like, I still go back and look through that and like, remember the person that I was and like Mm -hmm. my journals. Like I really- That's what I would have the toughest time. But like, if they burned down, I would be, I, I, it's easy for me to say, but like, 
right now I'm like, well, I would just be like, well, they, they weren't, I wasn't supposed to be holding on to them. That's yeah. sort of, but I haven't had a house burned down. So I, it, that's like a very easy thing to say. Oh, gosh, but in yeah, the I'm, like, sure, I'm sure it's a trauma and a gamut of yeah. feelings. Like I'm sure it runs a gamut. But I mean, we moved around a lot growing up as a kid. We moved states. We moved from California to Kansas, Kansas to Texas. And so in those big moves, like you do mm-hmm. go through a lot of stuff. So I think that was just sort of like the way that I was brought up is that like you got to bring some stuff, but not everything. And then when I was an adult, I moved from California to North Carolina, which when you're moving across country and you're broke, like recent college grad, you are only going to move what you can move. And so like at one point I had stuff in a storage unit. I think my grandparents helped me put it in. And like, I still don't know where that, like my Mm. high school letterman jacket, I don't know where it is. And I don't think that we have it. And like, my parents got divorced when I was in college. And so like stuff got split up and I don't, I just don't have like a lot of sentimental stuff from like growing yeah. up. What would you, what would you run in? I have it? like a, a com, I call it like a commonplace book. And that's like, just, it's like a, a commonplace book is basically, I think an antiquated idea of a collection of like any sort of paper memorabilia that you might have throughout the years. And I've had it since huh. I was like in high school. I never heard of it. And mine is like a binder. It has like a collage on the front that I did when I was like, it's, it's had many reiterations cause I started it in high school. And then probably the last time I I've worked on it was maybe like five years ago or so, but it has like every letter I ever received from like a boyfriend. It has every, um, every, like the special ones oh or like any, I, I was like, I always fancied myself like an, like an art, like I would draw. I also yeah. in high school thought I was like a young Ani DeFranco and would write these like really, what are now hilarious po- poems <laughs> about like my, my love life. <laughs> So, but it's like fun. It's so great to look back. And I, it's also a collection of like quotes or like paper goods, like concert tickets or um, wristbands or okay. just different things throughout the years. And it's like, just to go through it, like, you know, just it's, every, I don't go through it very often because it's just too much. And I've mm-hmm. almost, I mean, I know what all's in there, but every once in a while I will. And it's like, it's just a special thing. Cause you know, we don't have, especially like when you date people for so long, for instance, like you date somebody for like however many years they're this huge part of your life. You talk to them for like every 48 hours for like eight years. I don't know, something crazy like that. Or I think of that. And then they're no longer in your life and you almost lose this tie to yourself. And it's like, that's the closest thing I have to that because like, I'm never going to be in communication with that person again. So it's like, you know, just to have this commonplace book is, and for different occasions, not just dating, but um, for different areas of my life where I don't necessarily maybe have ties with the people that were in it at that moment. And to me, that's the closest thing. And, you know, maybe it's a little bit of like, that's very nostalgic. I, it's a nostalgic. It's like yeah. self-preservation is what I would call it because it's like an act yeah. of self-preservation because it's like, I may not remember this, but maybe I, maybe I should, maybe I need to see where I've come from. Or like, I even have, you know, I even have like the things in there that like you wouldn't necessarily want to like, where it's like, Oh, I'm like a journal entry. I'm so sad, you know, but it's, it's good to see. It's good to look back. And I think that would be like, if, I mean, it's not even anywhere it's accessible to me. So I hope Uh, that our house doesn't burn down because like I've thought about that. I'm like, oh, it's in like that bin upstairs. But um, you could put it somewhere. I probably should put it somewhere else. But I think that it's just sort of, it's just sort of, you know, that that's definitely the thing that I would grab. And it it is, it's sentimental. And I think, you know, Marie Kondo says like, that's the one that a lot of people save for last. And I have trouble with that and I have trouble with books. But see, the thing is, is that according to her rules, like you do get to keep anything that sparks joy. Right. So, I mean, that's the thing about her process that is very, 
applicable to anyone is that like you get to set the definitions and you just use her process. But in one of the episodes on her show, there was a a couple who still kept a lot of stuff more than my threshold for what I would be comfortable keeping, but a lot of stuff brought them joy. And so it really is just like you talking about your commonplace book, like makes me think, well, one, I don't always feel like I have a super good connection with like past versions of myself or memories. And maybe that's a coping mechanism. It should be because I'm like my past self. Yeah. Like I roll, cute Um, I roll. (laughs) But I just don't, I don't know. I don't, um, I don't have too much of that right now, but yeah, that's an interesting thing to think, think about. So you feel like you have still gone through the magic of tidying up in multiple different times. Yeah. More for me, it's mostly always like closet pantry are definitely big areas that I feel like makes me feel good when those are like running cohesively I cleanly think those are things that and that's because you like, use them every day yeah. and so it sort of is like I have more time for other stuff in my life if I don't fo- if I don't have so many clothes to get through that I know which outfits I can wear I mean Kayleen and I both have done our closet to the point where when we're trying to take photos together for this podcast, like we, ha- we only own the same chambray shirt. So it's like, we have to decide. It's a little on- embarrassing. It's, it is. It's almost like, maybe we could use one more shirt or two. Like maybe we should, maybe we've gone too far or maybe not. Like the thing is, is that like, it's, uh, I don't know. Before Adam and I had children, we had the opportunity to travel a lot in a pretty short period of time. And for whatever reason or another, we ended up doing several international trips that were 19 days at a time. And like, I don't know why the flights just like landed on like 19 days, but we really prided ourselves on just traveling with carry on. And so we were packing for 19 days in two little carry on bags, him working for business. And then I was working for home from home. So I could wear whatever, but like multiple climates, multiple occasions. And when you pack light, like you just have to rewear stuff or you have to get creative in how you combine things. And I think that's one of the reasons why these capsule wardrobes have become so popular is because it gives you like a streamlined approach, but then Mm -hmm. it also having like a really clear box gives you room for creativity. And I feel like it's less wasteful. You don't miss stuff in your closet just because there's so much stuff there that you're like, Oh, I never wear that because you don't really keep things that you don't wear. But even still you and I having pretty light wardrobes, like I guarantee we probably have like, I probably have five or six things that I never wear that are still hanging up. Uh, I I do. I know I do. It's insane. Like I I really have tried to be better about what, when I'm doing my like planning. Cause I always feel like seasonally I have to take everything out and kind of, I've really tried to be better about trying stuff on and actually seeing how it physically makes, like there's, I have this Levi's white shirt. And when I look at it, I'm like, that's a great shirt. Like that's a classic Levi's is a great brand. Like it's well-made, but there's something about the fit of it that I just don't long to wear. It doesn't go well with like my pants and all this stuff. And so it's maybe it's time to go, you know? Yeah. So I think like trying things on and thinking more, being more, um, mindful of it, you know? Well, do you have like an ongoing Goodwill bag somewhere in your house? Yeah, it's in my trunk of my car currently. Okay. Literally right now. I have one in my closet at all times. And I like, I will, if I try on that Levi shirt and I'm like, I don't want to wear this today. Like if that happens one or two times, I just like fold it up and put it in the bag. That's smart. And then it gets a break from me. And sometimes when I go through that bag before I take it, I'm like, oh no, I actually want to bring this back in. So that's one of the dangers in being maybe too far gone the way I am. I've given stuff out that like I could have rediscovered. Sometimes stuff just needs a break. And if you want, I mean, that's a little bit anti Marie Kondo because she says even like for all seasons, you should have most stuff out. 
But like, I think mm. I need to not see things. I don't. For a I while. take things out. Yeah. Especially in Austin, I think the weather is such a huge shift. I don't want to see my sweaters right now. Right. Like, they need to go oh somewhere my God. else. Like my coats. winter coat is hanging <laughs> yeah. in Adam's closet. And every time I go into his closet, I'm like, oh, why is that thing sitting? Like, yeah. It's, not, it's 100 it just degrees. makes you feel nasty to even think see. about yeah. it when it's 100 degrees. <laughs> but I, I think those are things. And then lately, I've really had to come to Jesus with my. Um, makeup and there was like a oh. lunar eclipse this last month and it was like in it was it was like you know gonna bring basically to light things about your shadow self that you need to like get rid of and for me mine was like you really invested a lot of your money in like makeup and skincare that you do not use and has expired mm. and so I, I, t- I went through and I was like if this is older than five years there's just it's gotta go if it's like three years like we're we're gonna think about what the stability life of like a lipstick versus an eyeshadow is and we'll decide and then like also does it spark joy so I kind of took it through all these like approaches. Mm -hmm. And I started like in my head, just giving everything like a $20 value, you know, just to think about like the actual money that I'd spent. And I know some of these things maybe cost less, some of them, lots of them probably cost more. And in just like assigning the value to it and putting it aside, I mean, I felt ill. I literally was like, I could barely like function how ill I felt. And and that energy is not good. And also it made, it's a little bit of this, like, you know, I've talked to before about like the YouTube culture kind of like putting you on this like buying spree for years because it has this whole dynamic of, you know, let's shop, shop, shop. And these products are great. And everybody's sharing like what's enthusiastic. And then this whole last year, everybody on YouTube did these crazy clean outs of all their closet because I can't even imagine if you were getting sent that much stuff through PR. I mean, these people are drowning in product. Like they probably, everybody on YouTube has like an anxiety condition. I'm like, well, no freaking wonder. Like our stuff is probably directly correlated to our anxiety and like all the stuff that we have. I haven't thought about that. I mean, I definitely think there's some sort of a connection. That's funny. I am going to talk about that in a little bit. So keep going. Well, you know, anyway, so I found this girl on YouTube who she did this thing called a no buy year, which I I've like gone through and watched it. And so her name is Hannah Louise Poston and she is this, she is so eloquent. She is actually, I think she has like a master's in poetry. So like her, just her verbiage is like really beautiful. She's really interesting to look at. She like creates, she like tango dances and creates tango clothes for a living. And then also does YouTube and has like a master's in poetry. So it's like, what an interesting human, number one. Yeah. But her whole, she did this whole no by year in 2018, I believe. And so, cause yeah, we're in 2019. Now she's doing like a budget, but for 2018, she did not buy one thing in the category of beauty, household, and uh, skincare. Wow. And so with skincare, she was allowed to pick up replacements as she got rid of stuff, but only if everything from each category was completely gone. I love that. And she made these like really, really strict rules for herself. And, you know, she goes through each month doing these check-ins and like one month she, her wallet gets robbed and she doesn't have another wallet, but she's like, no, this is not what I'm doing. So I have this little coin purse and I'm going to carry this till the end of the year, which I mean, kudos to her. Cause I would have given it in right then, but she talks. Yeah. But would you, if you were like out in the world, I, think I, I mean, that's have. one of the benefits of like, I mean, being, well, I have accountability. Yeah. So a part of me is like, I'm going to do this, but I might do it like a little bit differently. So I think I'm going to do a low spend year because I, you know, having, having come through postpartum and like my body's changing, like, and still, I don't know where it's landing. Like it's something different every day. Still coming in for landing. Still coming in for landing. And so, you know, I don't know that I could be like, oh, I'm just not going to buy clothes. Like I don't have certain things for certain events. If I had to go to a cocktail event. So I'm I'm trying to be like lenient with my rules, but I think really just being more mindful in my consumption, because I feel like it's so easy to walk into Target and there's all these memes about spending $300, but I'm a walking meme. Like all of a sudden I'll have walked out and be like, what even is this? Like, why do I? I have this. And she said this thing that she was really trying. 
it bothered her the feeling of always wanting, which that's human nature. We are always going to do that. And I think it's been interesting watching her now shift into this where she can buy and how like those Mm -hmm. feelings so easily come back up. But she talks about, uh, she, she used this verbiage about how when she stopped shopping or how before she stopped shopping, she was like in Sephora and she was walking around aimlessly without like, she didn't actually need anything. There was nothing on a list to buy. And she called it, she was trying to get it up to want a thing. Mm-hmm. And that is the truest thing I've ever heard. I was mm-hmm. like, uh, there's no better descriptor of that. That feeling of like, you don't even want I something. I don't really need it. You're but trying, like, I'm to, trying, you're to, trying yeah. to get the desire yeah. up to yeah. want the thing. And I yeah. thought that is that is me. Like I spend mm-hmm. so much time in that energy and it's all to make yourself this temporary like band-aid of feeling better, yeah. but it's, it's very temporary. And then all of a sudden you're drowning in stuff that you don't care about. So like, how good do you feel? And now you have to deal with the after effect of like getting rid of it. And then you've and wasted then, your money and like, yeah. you could have had an experience. You could have gone to a concert. You yeah. could have traveled on a trip. You could have, you know, just what is really valuable. And I think that's mm-hmm. the thing that I'm wanting to come to grips with. And I think you know, while her measure is extreme, there's a, there's a part of me that like, I definitely am going to hone out some rules for myself. So I will let y'all know what that looks like. Yeah. Um, so you're thinking you're going to do a full year. I'm going to do a full year, but I think mine has to be a slow buy or a low buy where I tell myself like, okay, these things have to sit on a wish list for two weeks minimum. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to have a need for this product. It has to be a, repl- you can't just go buy new skincare in a category that you have 10 things of. Like right. you have to get through it. I think like replacements is obviously ideal, but I think the clothing one is the one that is the trickiest for me because I'd be lying if I said oh, I had well, just like do, an arsenal of clothes. Yeah, but you could do Rent the Runway. It would be a great thing. I thought about you, that. I just don't know. I, I, have yeah. you tried it? No. Have you? I have not, but I, I like shopped it one time and was like, had stuff in my shopping cart. And I know people who do. And I guess my biggest hangup has always been like, well, what if it doesn't fit? And then I'm stuck with nothing to wear. Yeah. Um, As a shorty, I guess that's my problem. Yeah. But there's so many reviews and stuff. Like if you're willing to like, I think that would be a, that would be a potential option. The other thing that could be interesting for you is if you put parameters around, um, not buying new, but buying like secondhand. I thought about that too, but, but I also think just not buying fast fashion. Yeah, that's like, I think that's my problem is that I don't mind like fewer, better, like investing in quality pieces that maybe like, you know, and that's my one fear is like, what if I end this year having spent more on less? You know? I mean, that's a, a very real be, possibility. But, yeah. but honestly, if it holds up better, maybe right. it is worth it because yeah. right now, like, you know, God love Target, but like that my clothes, they're just not lasting forever. Yeah. And that's sort of a symptom of um, being in your childbearing years it and is. growing a family and not knowing like, are we done yet? And where is my body going to land? Like understanding that like you're you are living in a somewhat moving target that you don't know like how to dress. And I think that that's like, that's a challenge. I think for a lot of women in this category of age group in life is just, you know, um, if you get pregnant and so you had jeans that fit, you get pregnant now you're pregnant for 10 months and then you are postpartum, let's say for a year or more. It's been two years since your jeans that you bought maybe, you know, a year before you got pregnant. So now it's been three years. Those jeans like, aren't uh, even style uh, And anymore. that's my struggle right now is yeah. like a lot of what I have, I just like, don't feel great about forget because it was about maybe trying trendy. to fit into it. But yeah, it doesn't yeah. even, it's not even and, a classic. And I think buying less trendy pieces and maybe yeah. being more into my like womanhood in that way. Like I always thought there was going to be this age where all of a sudden I'm dressing like, I don't know why I thought 
this. Like, like, I don't know what, I don't know what reason I would have to dress this way, but like Robin Wright pin in, um, or Robin Wright rather in house of cards, like dressing like Robin Wright in house of cards. Like I I really fancied myself as like, suddenly there was going to be this day where I needed to wear like pencil skirts and like nude pumps. (laughs) I'm going to do your hair today. (laughs) And in Austin, it would be quite hilarious. Like I could, I would probably look more normal walking into work and like cut off shorts than I would wearing that. Like truly it's such a low key vibe here. You know, that's the one lucky thing about where we live. Like we're really blessed in that way. It has more of that like California easygoing laid back. Yeah. Anything goes. Yeah. I think that's an interesting thing to think about too, is just like defining your, your personal style or your home style or your makeup style. Like once you're able to like hone in on like, this is my uniform and I'm good with it. Then it becomes less of an issue that you and I only have three shirts to choose from. Like the three shirts that we had to choose from, well, eventually they all work together. It's just that you don't have an abundance of choice, but like that's an intentional thing that you've right. decided that the, that the abundance of choice actually is overwhelming. But like we're so conditioned to want to have lots of choices and there's a comfort in like, I have 30 things that I could wear. Well, yeah. really? Like you only like three things anyway. So it, it's, it's fine. that it's, I think the body shifting is, is more of the yeah. thing. Like if your jeans are not comfortably fitting you, which is like mm-hmm. my, like I either fit great in my jeans or I'm like, what is going on this week? Like, yeah. you know, those are kind of like, and I love wearing jeans, but I think that's a real struggle for me is like, oh, you know, I don't need any more, but then you just need one or two good pairs Yeah, made well, high-waisted. Are always. they really good? Okay. Yeah. I gotta check those out. Yeah. I mean, I have, um, I've sort of just outsourced all of my fashion to Natalie Borton. If you don't follow her on Instagram, I love her. She's just got such, she's body positive. She has her own jewelry line, but she also has like a very, um, well, what is the hashtag that she came up with was like legit mom style. Yeah. Legit mom style. Like just like accessible, easy. And she basically shops it. And even if you're not a mom, like she's darling. Oh, for sure. I mean like, and there's tons of girls who (laughs) follow her that don't have kids. And they're just like, I'm still legit. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I just like, I don't even really make decisions on fashion anymore. I just like emulate what she says. And I'm like, yeah, that works for me right Mm -hmm. now. And I'm okay with that. The one thing about stuff and, and vibes of things and all of that is, um, children has like really added to my anxiety and stress level about things because kids have so much stuff. They require so much stuff. How did they, I mean, I guess they don't do like, they? do That's they? The trick. Do they? It's like yeah. you go on a car trip when they're like three months old or I did. And it's like, I mean, we were looking like the Clampets and now I'm like, <laughs> did I, I need mean, all that? There's many, many different ways yeah. to have children, to raise children and, and to relate to things with children. Um, there is many, 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 many things that you can go pick up at Walmart or Target that you should have, should have for yeah. your kids. Um, but then there's lots of people out in the world that are raising children with almost nothing. Um, and so, yeah, that's like a really overwhelming thing. And the thing that you and I haven't really embarked on because our kids are so little is like when kids start having their own collections and their own decisions and their own desires about stuff. Mm, Um, I haven't even thought about that. Oh yeah. My little sisters are 13 and 15. So that I have a limited exposure, but some insight into like what that is like. And you know, your house isn't your house. Like you have people who live in your house that have their own things. And so for me, now that I have a one-year-old and a, th- a three-year-old, I'm realizing that my if my postpartum like anxiety 
was most related to stuff. And mm. I felt this overwhelming sense of like, there's too much stuff in the house. The house is a mess. And um, anybody who's seen my house knows there's never been true. a lot of stuff. <laughs> but that was like a real problem for yeah. me. And I didn't know that it was a problem. And I didn't know that it was anxiety until speaking with other moms about their postpartum mood experiences. And um, I was taking stuff to Goodwill every week for a while mm. there. And like stuff was just leaving the house constantly. And that's like a non-health. So I think like when you are in, in the minimalism or Marie Kondo, like any of your quirks or emotional things that you have an opportunity to work through, like they can manifest themselves in all sorts of things. Yeah. But I'm now on the other side of that, looking at like, how can I bring more coziness to our home? Mm. How can I value our things more, honor our things more? And I have a friend um, who I met through the internet. Her name's Zan Farrow and she's a designer and she has, it's just like a little PDF. It's like 12 bucks. It's called the High Vibe Design Guide. Cute. It's so cute. And it takes you through like a specific space. So like the space that I did was my little like coffee area and you set an intention for it and what? you like bring some love and honor to it. And so this ritual, this thing that you do every day for me, you know, coffee, but you could do like your makeup area Mm -hmm. or you could do your desk area, whatever. It kind of like brings back the vibes, um, to the stuff and the spaces in your home, which I think for me is like a big part of like, how do I want to feel in this space? How do I want to feel in my closet? How do I want to feel when I'm doing these things? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's a topic we wanted to touch on anyway. What the space, what are you leaving room for when you're getting rid of all this stuff? Like what, and that's the thing I think people often overlook in this because I, you know, I took, I'm a huge documentary person. I love to go to see them at like when they do premieres and I love to Mm -hmm. go to like Alamo draft house. I'm always dragging my friend Amber with me to these random documentaries. And she's like, what, what now, what (laughs) now girl? But we went to go see the minimalist, which they're on Netflix now. Yeah. I saw that when it premiered. Okay. And you know, I didn't really know what it was. I just knew it was like a documentary about minimalism. And I, the only, my only like caveat about, and I love the minimalists. I've listened to their podcast. I, I follow Matt Diavella, who is their like videographer and he lives a minimalist lifestyle and runs a YouTube channel, like sharing his thoughts. But I think the one thing that that movie lacked a little bit was just saying what all they did with the time they had left. Like they spent a lot of time focusing on like, you should be a minimalist because it feels so good to get rid of this stuff. And like, you don't need any of this stuff. And they focused a lot on that, but they didn't focus on like, what are you now doing with this ample time? Like what, what do you have more room for in your Mm. life? And so that's something that I think it does take some thoughtful curation. Like my sister was like, well, what are you going to do? We were on the phone together and she, I was telling her about my no buy, low buy idea that I really wanted to do this, that like, it's, it's like speaking to me, calling to me right now. And she was like, oh, that's a wonderful idea. And like, what are you going to have so much room for in your life when you don't do it? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. And she was like, she was like, well, well, no, I'm like asking you. And I was like, no, I'm telling you that it's going to take more thoughtful curation. I'm going to have to sit back and do some thinking. Like, what mm-hmm. do I really want more of in my life? Like, is it that I want to go out to the and be in nature more, you know, which I do. And is it when, that I want to go spend more time, like quality time with my family outside of my house? Like, yeah. um, it, do I want to go do more experiences? Would I like to travel more? Of course I would. Like, Or read more. Or, you already I read, read a so lot. much. I'm but like, do you read physical books as you know, much? You li- I know you I listen. Don't ha- no, because I don't feel that I don't feel I don't feel that I have the time and I I listen to my audible so much. Honestly, the interesting thing about that is like, like already this year I've read like 50 something books and it's absurd. I know it's absurd, but it's also like at first I I really felt bad about myself about it, which I know that sounds like silly. It's like, Oh, you've read like, that's great. But it's also like this like weird searching, like 
excess. It's this feeling mm. of excess, just like anything else in your life. Well, where because it's like, you're not listening to fiction very often. No, it's yeah, all so nonfiction. So it's also, yeah. it's just, it's too much sometimes. It's like, I really, I miss fiction because I prefer to read it physically. We are going to do an episode on fiction books at some point. Like, well, I'm gonna have to read some because well, I, it's no. been years. Yeah, it would be good for and, you. And there's something about when you do like the only fiction book I read this last year was like Crazy Rich Asians well, and I audible it. It was fun, right? But it was so fun yeah. and it makes you actually think differently about the world mm-hmm. than through your own perspective than it than a nonfiction book. So yeah. like there's something about all this information. It's information overload. And I do think there's a little bit of that going on with me where it's like I'm trying to cool myself a little bit. Like yeah. I'm not allowed to do the like three audible credits for one, you know? Well, it's interesting. Like you're, you're, because you're going through this, like wanting to like clean out your makeup and not clean and redo your closet. And it's like, maybe you need to be also like incorporating that into like, into your audible. And like and yeah. another area that I feel very passionate about getting to at some point, not today is like, my digital life and like cleaning oh out my, my gosh. Yes. Know, cleaning out my photos, digital wellness. Yes. Because it, the intangible internet world that we are all so deeply involved in takes up space. It's true. It's only in our pocket or in our purse, but like it takes up so much brain space now. The photos. Like oh, I know. It's like, and we laughed one time because, uh, you know, Kayleen and I both use this app called Unroll Me that basically aggregates your email into like one email that you can just delete or get rid of for mm-hmm. all of your like spammy stuff, but stuff you need to say subscribe to because eventually you need that Jiffy Lube coupon or whatever. <laughs> and so Kayleen and I were like talking about it one day and I could feel like the anxiety. I was like doing her hair, we're t- chatting about Unroll Me and she was like, I was like, yeah, my unroll me just feels kind of like dirty. And she's like, dirty. Like it's dirty, <laughs> dirty unroll me. And then she went home and was like, I cleaned I it. I unrolled all my unroll me because like, what am I even hoarding those things for? For the so, Jiffy Lube coupon. I know. But like you can just search for the code now. Like every, we have access to so much. And so it's True. really a matter of like, what what do we want to? And, and also I feel like I can very much get into like, well, now I have to redo everything. And that's like also the wrong energy. So um, that's why I like things like um, Zan high vibe design guide or like some of these other books. Like there's a book that I brought um, with me today. It's called Simple Matters and it's by Erin Boyle. Um, She has a blog and an Instagram called Reading My Tea Leaves and she's like pretty minimalist. Um, They live in a really small apartment in New York. And so that will like inspire you to get things streamlined. But she also really talks about like taking your time with some of this. Like um, here's a quote from her book. The best decorating is done slowly, slow allows for serendipity because it does like when you give yourself space then you can come upon things that you like you wouldn't have been able like like in your closet if you take five years to build your closet like you're gonna be able to come upon things that suit you perfectly but you know I just watched all of Queer Eye they give those people a whole new closet and I'm always sitting there like they're not even gonna like half that stuff now that's a good fresh start and we all need those sometimes but other times what we need is like a very slow burn of like building a life over a lifetime and when you can just go to Target and like redo a whole room in, in an instant well, it's an instant gratification yeah. and it's just I mean we're we're that's what we're sought to like it's our brain chemistry yeah and it's fighting and it bra- feels our brain good. chemistry it is for an instant but then it also feels good when you come into a space that's been built over time and like really curated feels you better, can also I feel that yeah of course and and that's what I want my life to feel like and I just I don't want to be the kind of person that like wastes 
wastes. Yeah. I just, I don't even know how, I'm like so hesitant to even get into like the zero waste movement or like zero impact or like, you know, the low oh, impact and all that because it's so overwhelming and it feels so daunting. And honestly, something, the thing is we can vote with our dollars, but like really something has to shift on the other side of it and in, in the manufacturers, it can't just be us. I mean, yeah. you know, so that feels very daunting to me, but I think there is just this level of like how much trash you make and how much like like even how many times we're going to goodwill and really a lot of that's going to end up in a landfill and it's like it's an icky feeling and I don't I would like to stop doing it I would like to have well because yeah the less I guess the less you buy the the less you bring in the less chances you have for that yeah but I'm also a little fearful of like what if during this low buy year, I like make the wrong purchase? Like, I, I feel yeah. like I'm going to be a lot more cautious and like put, I actually feel like it's made end up causing me more brain space. Well, then you need to implement a rule that gives you space for grace and like gives yeah. you the opportunity to like make mistakes and like, and feel your way through it. Because until you get into it, you're not going to know what works for That's you. That's true. For a while there, I was getting really overwhelmed by building internet shopping carts. I think <laughs> like that's a real thing that people get like a little bit of of a, a jolt from like, okay. So like Nordstrom has a big sale or gap. Everything's on sale always at the gap. Um, but like when you go online and you're like, Oh, well, I need this. I need this. Yeah. This. I will. Let me just say, if it's not on sale at the gap, leave the gap and come back tomorrow <laughs> because it will be. <laughs> but that's like, Oh, it just like puts my head in a spin. And so for a while there, I was doing a slow spend where I was only allowing myself to buy things on Wednesdays. And I really liked that. It also like consolidates like now you're in a shop mode mm-hmm. and that's like a really freeing feeling when you're like, okay, I get to shop today. But then all the other days of the week, like I don't have to shop, which when you're responsible for like fe- like clothing your children and feeding your kids and like buying the toilet paper for your whole house, like all of that takes up a lot of space in my brain. Me too. So and- minimalism is, a, is appealing to me and also low waste and all of that is appealing to me because I'm like, Oh, well, you're, you don't use, you don't use, um, paper towels. Great. Like, well, I think it's a form of anxiety reduction. Yeah. Which is healthy. Well, I think it is healthy, but I think it's also like, it also can make you do crazy things, make you do crazy. I think like anything, there's Mm -hmm. probably a level of like this. You probably have to do the work on yourself too. Simultaneously while you're doing the work on your stuff. I think that's why it's so important to look at what do you want to make room for? Yeah. Because if you're not doing that or you're not paying attention to that, then what's the point? You're still just looking at what else you can get rid of to make room for something that you're not making room for. So you've got to actually implement that part of it where it's like, okay, I'm going to listen to more music now, you know? Yeah. I think for me, it's like the things that I always say that I want to do that I'm still not making room for are sleep, reading and meditation. Like those are the things that I'm like a a good, healthy, really like aligned version of Kayleen does those things. And this version ain't doing that right now. You're like, nah, can't be bothered. Cause I got to watch my housewives. Okay. One other thing that I wanted to mention just in like along all of these lines is that I'm a big fan of Jess Lively's podcast. She hasn't been out in the world on the podcast scene for a little while, but at one point she was talking about how you can appreciate something without buying it. And that really clicked for me that like, I haven't done a lot of window shopping in a long time, but like you can go to anthropology just for the vibes and Uh, still get something out of it. And it's sort of what you were talking about with your YouTuber, like trying to get it up to buy it. Like what if it was just to take yourself on a Julia Cameron artist date and like walk around a beautiful space? Like I used to do that stuff and I haven't really thought about that in a while, but like you can just appreciate beautiful clothing. You can appreciate Target. Like you can, you can go to Target for toothpaste and just leave with toothpaste. 
though. I don't know if I would appreciate it as much. You know what I mean? But if you went into it saying like, I'm going to appreciate. I mean, I do that in bookstores. So I suppose that's like a thing you can do. Although there's a low waste toothpaste that I'm really into right now. Which one? It comes in this, it's called Bite. It comes in this little tiny glass jar and it's bits of hard toothpaste. It's like a little tiny pebble thing and you bite down on it and then you put your wet toothbrush in your mouth and it foams up and it's like all clean, vegan, all that good stuff. And it comes in a glass recyclable bottle. Okay, I'll have to so check it out. So there's no plastic. It's and a I'm commitment like, I'm so, if I'm if I'm one in one out with the toothpaste. It's pretty little. <laughs> yeah, and, well, I mean, you could. I go. I will bring you one of my. Bring bits. me a bit. Yeah, you can try, <laughs> I'll it. try it. Um, I'm really into it, and like I was using Dr. Bronner's toothpaste before, so I was already like in a woo toothpaste. I'm in a woo toothpaste. Um, but I I actually like it better than Dr. Bronner's, mm. and I'm like, this is. I am very willing to make changes like that, where it like doesn't really impact me, like that seems like a no brainer. So like I, I was, I was telling Adam, I was like, I'm never going to using another toothpaste again. Like this is it for me. Yeah. He's like laughing at me. <laughs> like I found it. I feel I that found... way. A cocoa floss. Like, Oh, teeth. are you oh, into it? Oh my gosh. I live for cocoa floss. Oh, their branding is good too. Their branding is good, but no, their floss is amazing. Really? Yeah. Because I, le- the, a girl at anthropology actually told me why it works so well, which okay. I was like, why do you know this? But it was basically <laughs> that, um, the, plaque in your mouth is fat soluble. So coconut oil, that's why it is actually good for, um, plaque removal. And so now I'm like, I buy this because this actually works better. Anyway. Interesting. Well, I didn't know that we were going to go from minimalism to flossing, but that's the beauty of these conversations. You never know. Okay. Now I have one more thing I wanted to do with you. Um, this is, I'm holding the life-changing magic of tidying up in my hands. And one thing that a teacher, a yoga teacher once did with me is that she would like have this one wisdom book that she would just like open a random page and then read from it. Okay. And so it would just be, <laughs> this is pretty woo. Okay, this is woo. Also, somebody, us, Marie. somebody recently told me this is called a divinity dip. Like oh. in, in the religious cultures, if you just like, um, if you just open up a Bible or whatever, it'll like tell you like the wisdom that you need. So I thought we could like channel Marie Kondo and see okay. if Okay, let's see. It's probably gonna be the folding page. <laughs> there are two surprises I frequently encounter when helping clients put their houses in order: highly unusual items and sheer numbers. I come across the first every time. It must be a music machine used by a singer or the latest cooking utensils owned by someone who loves to cook. Every day provides exciting encounters with the unknown. This is only natural as my clients' interests and professions are extremely diverse. So I don't know exactly what Marie's telling to, trying to tell us in this little <laughs> bit, but maybe it's just that, you know, each of us has our own things that we're into and what you were saying maybe earlier. Maybe that's the stuff about making room. And what you're making room for. Like the stuff that's really true to who you are is the stuff that's worth having and yeah. cultivating and it's actual physical stuff, but then it's also like the vibes and what you want to do with your time. Okay, friends. Connect with us on Instagram at That's Pretty Woo and let us know what you're making room for in your life. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and stay tuned for next week when we're talking all about human design, Enneagram, astrology, and all the personality tests. Bye. Bye. Thank you, friends, for listening. Please connect with us at thatsprettywoo.com and on Instagram at thatsprettywoo. Make sure you subscribe to catch next week's episode and share our pod with anyone you know who's into stuff that's pretty woo. woo.